Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of Miss Whitman Civics and Economics. Today is going to be our last segment in our voting and elections unit as we wrap up our notes here, taking a look at uh, anything from voting and your third parties through mass media and the impacts it has on campaigns. Um, so the first slide here, it talks about third parties and what they are. So third parties, how are they different from the two major um, political parties, that being Democrats and Republicans. Uh, it says, although third parties rarely win elections, they do play an important role in politics. So again, a third party is any political party um, that isn't labeled Democrat and Republican. If you remember, those are two major ones we left off last um, episode talking about where they fall in the political spectrum. So third parties do play an important role in politics, although they rarely win elections. We haven't had a third party president um, to date. Third parties, their impacts, they introduce new ideas and they press for particular issues. So some third parties focus on environmental issues. Other third parties may focus on um, different aspects of healthcare or um, something, the constitutional parties, a third party. So they focus on one particular idea. And with that uh, main focus of one main issue, they bring about new ideas surrounding that issue. Um, third parties also revolve or surround um, a political personality, someone that is well known um, or has a political kind of presence already established. One of the most recognizable third party um, supporters was Theodore Roosevelt with his Bull Moose Party, which um, kind of separated from the main Republican Party um, that he was part of just a couple years earlier. So enough with the third parties and how they differ from um, the two main ones. Mass media that plays arguably more an important role in political uh, politics, political process, um, especially now as we take a look at the roles mass media has played even in the last uh, presidential election. So voters evaluate information given to them based on political ads, political campaigns, they see through mass media. Um, and as you see this information presented through mass media, the voters or the public can then make choices, can make reason choices of whatever candidate they want to support. So through mass media, um, voters get their uh, information about the candidates running, whether that's on TV or radio. Uh, mass media plays a huge role in political process because that's how we get the information um, of what each candidate stands for, what each candidate is really campaigning on in order to win elections. Mass media itself is a form of communication that reaches the masses, that reaches as many people as possible. So um, you kind of see that oh, the definition kind of gives itself away that it's any form of communication whether that be television, radio, newspapers, as long as it reaches the most amount of people, is there it's going to be considered mass media because it reaches the masses. It gives out as much information as possible to as many people as possible. So the four main types of mass media, um, and do make sure you write this down in your notes because you will have to recognize them or at least um, name the four main categories, are going to be television, radio, internet, and newspaper. 
Um, so again, these make, these are considered to be quote mass media because they reach the masses. They reach as many people as possible, giving voters, giving the public um, information about the, can the candidates running, um, what they stand for, what they support. And with that information presented through television, radio, internet, newspaper, the voters can then make a decision on who they want um, to win the presidency or who they want to win their state and local elections. So the four main types of mass media, please make sure you write these down in your notes, are going to be television, radio, internet, and newspaper. And they're going to be considered, quote, mass media because they reach the masses, they reach as many people as possible. Okay, mass media's roles in elections. Out of the list that you see here, you want to know at least um, two of them. So again, on the test or quiz, um, you might be asked a similar question of saying what are or what is the role of mass media? And you want to know at least um, two out of the four here listed. So the roles of mass media include identifying the candidates. So um, on a television ad or radio ad, you're going to hear who you should vote for. You should vote for candidate A because they um, support X, Y, and Z. So you're going to be able to know who is running because mass media will always identify the candidate. The second thing mass media will do is emphasize selected issues. So you should vote for candidate A because they are going to lower taxes or you should vote for candidate B because they are going to bring more jobs to America. So they're going to focus on one issue. Um, usually that issue is a reason to vote for them. The third thing mass media does in elections, um, this kind of uh, goes along with more of the newspaper side of mass media, but um, there might be editorials, might be articles written about that particular candidate, there might be political cartoons made, opt-ed pieces. Um, so number three here really kind of refers to that newspaper side of mass media, but in that um, there might be articles, interviews, um, cartoons maybe written, drawn of these candidates um, or their opponents and why you should vote for them or, um, not vote for their, the person that they are campaigning against. And last but not least, the fourth role of mass media is to broadcast different points of view. Um, so if you are traditionally kind of side with maybe liberal views, um, conservative ads might try to um, persuade you to vote for the conservative candidate, even though um, you may be living in a more liberal kind of area and vice versa. So different ads, um, different debates that maybe are given on television. Um, some of them are going to be broadcast on radio as well, but they're going to emphasize different points of view because that particular party um, wants to gain as many votes as possible. So no better way of trying to gain votes than to try to get that information out to as many people as possible. So then maybe they can change their opinion um, their political opinion on who they should vote for. So again, out of this list, these are roles mass media plays in elections. You want to identify at least two out of the four um, for any tests or quizzes coming up. Okay, there are different types of mass media. And if you need to pause um, as I go through these six types of mass media at any point, please make sure that you do. You'll want to have down not only um, the term of the different types of mass media, but also the definition. So um, more or less, you want to make sure that you can identify the term and definition of the different types of mass media 
Typically, you see these as kind of like matching questions. Um, so it's very important that you do need to know both. Again, if you need to stop, pause at any point as I go through um, the six types of propaganda, please make sure that you do so. Okay, so the first type of propaganda is what we call a testimonial. So a testimonial um, is when someone is having, the candidate itself is having someone famous speak on their behalf. So sometimes we see um, celebrities endorse certain candidates um, to try to get more support for that particular candidate, more people to vote for them because that famous person is um, endorsing them. That famous person is giving um, their support for the candidate that they want to see win the election. That type of mass media or that type of propaganda is called testimonial when you have someone famous speaking on your behalf as a candidate. The idea is if someone famous, people that um, like that famous person, if they like them and the famous person supports the candidate, the candidate may um, gain a couple of votes and supporters through there. The second type of mass media is called glittering generality. So glittering generality is the second type of mass medium. And this um, really is just a catchy phrase that has little to no meaning. So it's kind of like um, a campaign slogan. Some of the more recent um, kind of propagandas, campaign slogans that would be considered an example of glittering generality are things like make America great again. Okay, that's a catchy phrase, has little to no meaning really behind it. Um, other things that might be considered a glittering generality goes back to the 2008 election um, where Obama's campaign was Yes We Can. So again, a catchy phrase with little to no meaning behind it, but it was used in political um, kind of campaigns to get people to support um, that particular candidate. So a glittering generality is just a phrase, uh, has really little to no meaning on its own, but once it's put um, as a kind of political slogan, it takes on um, a more of a meaning. It takes on the ability for voters to um, identify that slogan with that particular candidate. The third type of mass media, or the propaganda rather, is called plain folk appeal. Um, plain folk appeal sounds like what it is. It's when the candidate tries to seem like an average everyday citizen, an average plain folk kind of walking around. Um, sometimes examples of this that we see candidates do is when they meet and do like town halls, um, when they meet um, people in towns and talk about issues with them. They try to seem more relatable. Um, they try to make themselves um, really appeal to this plain folk, to the average everyday citizen. So when you see um, candidates go around having those town halls, talking to um, average citizens, they are doing this plain folk appeal. They're um, using this type of propaganda here. The fourth type of propaganda is called card stacking. Card stacking is a fourth type. So card stacking is really when you're only stating the good facts about yourself. Um, so you're stacking the deck, right? If you ever heard of that phrase, um, if you're stacking the deck, you're putting the cards in your favor. You're only saying the good things about yourself. And that's exactly what card stacking is um, in campaigns. If you see commercials and they're all saying all these positive things about the candidate, chances are that's at the card stacking type of propaganda because you're only hearing the positive things, um, which is great if the candidate did a lot of good things for their community and their country. Um, but you want to keep in mind, too, that with all the good things that are stated, um, you're only hearing the positives, right? You're not hearing the opposite side of that too. 
Now, number five, um, name calling is the opposite of card stacking. Name calling is only stating the negative things about your opponent. Um, this tends to be the more popular choice in um, commercials, TV ads. We see a lot of name calling. We see a lot of candidates saying that you shouldn't vote for their opponent because they did this and this and this. Um, they're really just kind of pointing the finger at the other opponent, making themselves um, possibly look a little bit better. So name calling is stating negative facts about your opponent, about the person that you are running against. Um, so it's only negative things that are stated, maybe not positive things that your opponent may have accomplished um, otherwise. So the last type of propaganda is called bandwagon or bandwagoning. Um, so bandwagoning is a type of propaganda that um, basically goes along with the idea that you should vote for the candidate because everyone else is doing so. Um, so if you ever heard any sports fans out there that have heard of the phrase, um, oh, you're just a bandwagoner, you're only following maybe a team that is doing well because everybody else likes um, that team or that they're popular, um, that this type of propaganda kind of goes along with that phrase, meaning that if um, a particular candidate has a very popular kind of fan base, um, has a lot of people voting for them, sometimes um, commercials can kind of build on that and emphasize that because everyone else believes this candidate is a good person, um, you should too, because you're kind of following along with the crowd, you're, um, you're participating in this kind of bandwagon idea. So those are six types of propaganda with their definitions. Please make sure you have uh, both the terms and the definitions written down. You will be asked to recall this later on on assessments, uh, but running through very quickly here from the top, testimonial is the first type of propaganda. It's when someone famous speaks on your behalf. You have a celebrity supporting or endorsing a candidate. Um, and with that support, they might the candidate may gain um, some followers just based on famous person that is endorsing them. The second type of propaganda is glittering generality. It's a catchy phrase with little to no meaning. Um, so it's like a political slogan that people can kind of get behind and kind of get really stuck in their head um, and identify that slogan with that candidate. The third type of propaganda is plain folk appeal. It's when the candidates try to seem like an average everyday citizen. They meet with um, average citizens. They do town halls. They want to portray themselves as being just like everyone else who ends up running for the presidency. The fourth type of propaganda is card stacking. The candidates only stating the positive things they have accomplished. Um, name calling, number five, is just opposite from card stacking because name calling states negative facts about their opponent. Um, so you're kind of um, really saying that you shouldn't vote the opponent because they did X, Y, and Z. Um, you're stating all the negative things that they have done or haven't done. And the last type of propaganda um, is called bandwagoning and that focuses on the fact that um, if a particular candidate is very popular, has a lot of support um, from the general public that you should, as the voter, vote for them as well because everybody else believes they are a good um, choice to pick for that what, whatever political uh, position they are trying to aim to be voted in for. So bandwagon, you should vote for the candidate because everybody else um, agrees that they are a good candidate too. Whether that's based on fact or opinion, um, that's kind of what it's based on.
Okay, so please know the six types of propaganda for later um, assessments. All right, so moving on to the next slide here. Strategies for evaluating um, these kind of truths behind those different types of propaganda are as followed. So you want to make sure you separate fact from opinion. Um, so when you hear a campaign, is it based on facts that you can research and locate, or is it someone's opinion about something? Because that's a big difference, right? Um, if this information that you're hearing can be supported by facts and data, um, then it might be a little bit more truthful, might hold a little bit more importance, people might say, versus someone's opinion, their own personal opinion about the candidate. Um, so you want to make sure that you separate those when you see political ads. Is it something that is proven? Is it, um, you know, you can look it up by data or is it just an opinion about that certain candidate? You also want to make sure that you can detect the bias. Um, this comes in handy, especially for the card stacking and name calling types of propaganda. Um, like I mentioned before, if you only hear positive things about the candidate, you might kind of wonder, well, are there any negative things that they have done? You want to detect the bias because the bias here is only hearing the positive stuff and vice versa. If it's a name calling ad, um, you might be hearing all this negative things about the candidate, but maybe do your own research and see, did they accomplish other things of, instead of all this negative um, kind of feedback that you're hearing? So you want to detect the bias there too. The third um, way of or strategy of uh, what you should be doing when you listen to these political campaigns is evaluate the sources. Did this information come from um, a reliable newspaper, reliable television um, broadcasting system, or was it just a poll of someone's opinion? So where is this information coming from? And the more uh, reliable the source of the information, the more reliable that information can be for you as a voter um, to determine what you, well, who you eventually want to vote for. So evaluate those sources. Um, where is the information coming from? Is it coming from a reputable newspaper um, or news um, organization, or is it simply just a poll of someone's opinion about the candidate themselves? And last but not least, you want to try to identify the propaganda. Try to figure out, you know, is this a testimonial type of propaganda? Is this um, a bandwagoning type of propaganda? Because if you know what type of propaganda it is, you can sometimes... Um, kind of think about, well, what is the main message of this ad that I'm seeing? Or what is the main message behind this article that I'm reading? So um, identifying the propaganda sometimes um, narrows it down to help you kind of determine what the main message is really trying to get, what the main point is trying to get across. Okay, so the influence mass media has on public policy on um, maybe policy that is being voted upon or um, laws that need to be signed into action. Mass media can impact them as well. Uh, mass media informs not only policymakers but the public about what laws are currently being debated in the House or the Senate. Um, and these media sources will also not only point out the main issues regarding this policy, uh, whether it's laws regarding stimulus packages or laws regarding um, health care, jobs. Um, so mass media is going to point out that main issue and what the law or policy is focused on. 
It's also going to offer a forum or a place where um, we're going to see different viewpoints being communicated. Should that law be passed? Should that policy be changed? And um, most mass media is going to is going to focus on both sides of this because it's currently being debated. It's currently being discussed. And last but not least, um, if that policy is in fact enacted, if that policy is um, approved, then the government officials are going to be held accountable because it not only we've seen this process from the start of the policy being created, being discussed to being approved, um, the public's follow that all the way through. So government officials are going to be held accountable because the public is still going to remember that information that was given to them about this policy, about this law um, that was signed. And the government officials now have to make sure that they act upon that because the public was involved in every step. Government officials use uh, mass media to communicate with the public. They go on television. They talk about their policies. They talk about um, things that they want to change. And the way they do that, the way to communicate um, that effectively is to go on the television, to go and do interviews, to do radio um, shows and things like that. So the government officials definitely use mass media as a way to communicate with the public and to let them know um, what they're working on, what policies they want to change, what policies they want to be involved in. Ways that individuals, so how you as an individual or um, even interest groups for that matter, how can you or a group of people communicate back to these government officials? How can you actually influence laws being made? Um, there's going to be different ways of doing that. So the first thing that individuals and interest groups can do is um, they can lobby for a particular law to be passed or for a particular thing to be changed. Lobbying itself means that you are trying to look for or seek influence on legislation or vote for something for or against a certain bill. So lobbying, you are basically trying to get your point across to government officials um, through various types of ways. You can write them, you can call them in, um, you can call, like call the telephone and kind of talk to your representative or um, a person that speaks for your representative, or you can actually do more, um, I guess more public ways of showing your interest, showing your um, legislators that you want something to be changed by doing things like making a petition, making um, or participating in protest. Um, so lobbying has a lot of different avenues um, that it can really take hold of and shape into, but essentially it means that individuals and interest groups are trying to influence legislators influence their representatives to vote for or against um, certain policies, bills that are currently being debated on the House floor or the Senate floor. Ways interest groups um, get this done is they focus their attention on a particular issue. So again, that can be any issue that is going on um, in kind of the public sphere, jobs, healthcare, um, equal opportunity, can be anything. Um, but these interest groups are gonna focus their attention on one main issue. They're gonna make political contributions. So they are going to fundraise for this, um, more attention to be brought to this issue. They're going to try to get as much people as possible to support them through those petitions and protests and things like that. And then finally, once um, these interest groups have enough support, both 
money-wise, fundraising-wise, and um, support through the general public, then they, as a group, can go up to these government officials, up to the House floor, up to the Senate floor, um, and show what and how much they want that particular issue to be addressed. Um, so if you have a group of individuals that are campaigning and showing their interest in lobbying for equal opportunity, you may see groups of people go up into the Capitol um, and demonstrate how important this issue is to them. So those are ways um, interest groups and individuals really influence public policy. Okay, so um, in addition to that, this kind of continuation here, individuals can always um, influence public policy by simply just voting for um, representatives that best represent your ideas and your beliefs. Um, sometimes laws are put on local and state ballots of whether or not they should be ratified, should they be improved. So simply just going out and voting shows your interest in politics, but also allows you to have your voice heard. Um, that's really the main theme throughout this year, right? We're going to keep coming back to that idea that in order to have your voice counted, your voice heard, some the way to have your ideas represented in your government, the best, best way to do that, the easiest way to do that is to simply go out and vote. Um, so by voting, you are picking representatives that best represent you, that will work to support your ideas. Um, you also are going to, as an individual, be able to voice your concerns as well. As an individual, you can lobby, you can join those interest groups, you can call your representatives in, you can write letters, emails. Um, the more involved that you can possibly be, um, you will find the stronger voice that you have. And it's something that everybody can do. Um, really, this isn't just talking about, you know, being 18 years old and you have that power to vote. Even at the age that you all are at right now, you can impact your communities. You can um, write to your representatives. If you feel strongly about a certain topic, um, you have that power now. Everybody has that power. And that's really, um, really, really a powerful thing to think about that even at 12 and 13, um, you can shape your communities by simply writing to your representatives, by drawing attention to an issue that you believe strongly in. Okay, so with that said, um, we're kind of ending off here in the last slide or so. Um, campaign, this last couple slides are going to be focusing on campaign contributions, um, how these campaigns get their support, how they get their fundraising, and how eventually that fundraising contributes to um, later on policies that they can make. So when we take a look at campaign costs, we really kind of have to take a step back and realize that campaigns cost a lot of money. Um, it seems like every campaign season, the cost of that campaign is on the rise. It's almost doubling. So rising campaign costs require candidates to conduct extensive fundraising. Um, you'll see sometimes during political rallies um, that these candidates are asking for donations, they're asking for fundraising so that they can um, keep continuing to spread their message, doing more um, political rallies, things like that. But then also if they are elected, they use that fundraising money to draw attention to that particular issue that they stand behind. 
Um, these rising campaign costs, though, with all the positive things that the fundraising can actually end up doing, um, there is a little bit of negatives to this rising campaign cost because it limits opportunities for those to run for office. Um, so although it's not out of the norm for average citizens to run and be successful in running for campaigns, um, it does cost a lot of money. You do need a lot of startup money. So if you don't have the fundraising right away, it might take a little longer if you're interested in running for politics um, to kind of gain that startup money in order to run for political office. So that's kind of one of the negatives of rising campaign costs. It just, it does cost a lot of money. Um, you do need to have some kind of fundraising to support you at the very beginning. It does give an advantage to those that do have that startup money to um, perhaps maybe more wealthy individuals who are running for office because they have that um, startup at first. But again, it's not uncommon for average citizens to still run for office and be successful in running for office. There has been um, an encouragement because of the price of campaigns um, for a development of political action committees or PACs for short PACs. So political action committees um, are devoted to trying to bring down this cost of campaigns, um, limit the amount of fundraising certain candidates can have. So it's a little bit more of a fair um, playing field for those that want to run for office that might not otherwise have fundraising behind them. Um, this gives a little bit more leeway for interest groups uh, because those interest groups can help um, with individual candidates to give them support financially, um, to give them more supporters just by the voting, um, going out the voting booths and so on. So um, interest groups do play a important role in the influence that they can bring to the table um, as we look at campaigns and kind of getting um, the campaign up from the ground running. Um, there has been some laws that have focused on bringing down um, the cost of campaigns, um, so it doesn't really get too out of hand that the cost of campaigns uh, can't really exceed a certain amount, um, that, you know, only a certain amount of money can be given by individual donors, so it makes it a little bit more um, equal and fair to the other candidates that might not otherwise have um, access to the fundraising capabilities. Um, this does limit the amount of the way the individuals, like I said, can contribute to each candidate. So that's. So that's going to bring an end to our voting and elections um, notes, our unit here. So just to recap what we've discussed in the past 30 minutes or so um, is that we looked at mass media, how what the four main types of mass media were, that TV, radio, internet, newspaper. Um, we get most of our information as voters from those four main types of mass media of whether or not we should vote for candidates, um, what they support, what they, uh, what their opponents are against and through those different types of mass media it is important that we as voters identify um, the types of propaganda that we are hearing. Is it all card stacking with only positive things being labeled? Is it um, testimonials with famous person um, endorsing that candidate? So it's important to know the types, identify the types of pr um, propaganda um, and with that we are able to then 
um, determine that information. Is it valuable? Is it reliable um, sources? If a fact or is it someone's opinion? And based on that information, we take that and vote for our candidates. We participate in that political process of um, having our voices heard and voting and electing our government officials that best represent our idea. Um, so all of it kind of comes together as we use mass media as a form of communication to help us determine who to best vote into office. Um, so with that said, if you need to go back at any point to view any of those slides, listen to them one more time, please feel free to do so. Otherwise, I will see you all next time on Ms. Becky's or Ms. Whitman's Civics and Economics podcast.